welcome to the Broadcast Sport podcast. I'm Max Miller, senior reporter for Broadcast Sport, and this week I spoke to Sky Sports head of cricket and NFL, Brian Henderson, about the upcoming Ashes and its broadcast plans for cricket this summer. First of all, uh, Brian, what are your hopes for the, the Ashes broadcast this summer? And obviously, having both the men's and women's at the same time, it must be difficult to get everything out there just by itself. <laughs> well, yeah, look, look. First of all, it's just an incredible summer, an incredible year of cricket, really. Um, you know, two Ashes series, men's and women's. Um, you know, we've got county cricket. Then, we, you know, we lead into the 100. We've got, you know, then a whole lot of white ball cricket in September, leading into the men's 50, 50 over World Cup. So we're busy, that's for sure. Right. You know, there's been a lot of planning. Um, you know, we've had a kind of a few, I wouldn't call them warm up games, but we've done a few matches. But it all really kicks off, you know, on, on Friday for the for the uh, for the men's Ashes I think it's a good opportunity, as you mentioned, that the men's and women's ashes are happening happening at the same time. Um, you know, real, real. We see real growth in the, in the women's game. Um, we've seen that, you know, in the last few years, and so we're really excited to be telling that story as well. And clearly, you know, the men's the men's ashes is a is a is an iconic event. Um, I think it's probably the most anticipated, you know, ashes men's ashes series since two thousand and five. I think both teams think that they're going to win. If England, if England go down with their new attacking style, they're just going to go harder. It's it should be amazing to watch. You know, Australia are a great side, and look, we're, you know, we're we're very very fortunate to be in a position to to tell that story. As ever, we'll try and do it. Um, uh, you know, we'll try and tell it as it is. We'll 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 do it with a glass half full attitude. You know, with a degree of empathy to the to the players and and coaches and, and umpires and what they're going through, um, and we'll try and tell it with a bit of shade and light, a bit of humour, a bit of fun, and and entertain people. So you know, we we realise we are the conduit between the sport and people watching at home, and we're 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 very lucky to be in that position. And you know, naturally, we hope we're going to do a good job. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's hopefully should be an easy sell to viewers. You think? With, yeah, with yeah, yeah. I mean, a good point. I mean, like you know, clearly we've got all sorts of campaigns and marketing campaigns and social media campaigns and now promotions and you know and all sorts. But I think I think this one is not is certainly from an editorial point of view is not a difficult one to sell. That's for sure. I think we're all you know you know nobody knows. Um, We've been so lucky to kind of cover this England revolution under our good old, my, you know, my good friend, Rob Key, um, you know, who is a, a loss to broadcasting, but, uh, but a, you know, huge gain, obviously, for English cricket. I talk to him most days, you know, he's one of one of the great guys. And, you know, it, it would, you know, obviously I want England to win. I want a close series. Um, I want to see some amazing cricket. A 3-2 England win um, and then have a glass of champagne with Rob Key at the end. That would be that would be great might need it after all the stress um, <laughs> well so. yeah it's a team it's a team effort that I'm I'm lucky enough to kind of uh I, I hate saying I'm in charge I suppose I am of the on-screen team but you know look it's there are a lot of people you know behind the scenes on and off screen that um that 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 go into this there'll be hundreds of people literally working you know 100 and, I don't know 20 people working on the working for us on the first on the first test at, at Edgebaston um, you know, we've got a great lineup of on-screen talent. Um, it's a sort of newer, fresher team for, you know, for this Ashes with a few people having moved on or tragically passed away. Um, um, but they're ready and we're ready. And yeah, we're looking forward to it. Okay, and with that in mind, how are you balancing between having both the men's and women's at the same time? So the men's and the women's or the other way yeah. around? And- 
clearly that means that you know people can't be in two places at once although we're going to try quite hard with mel with mel jones who's going to be busy she's definitely going to need a break um uh once once it's finished uh yeah look you know i think there's a day in between the end of the first men's test and then the women's test and there's a day in between the women's test and the and the men's you know the second men's test at lords so look um you know we're the one thing we have to going into any summer, but especially this one, is to be meticulously planned. Um, you know, we've got, you know, and we we have everything is rotated and planned to to a T. Um, yeah, so I mean, we're we're basically covering cricket all day, every day between now and and the end of November. But that's what we do, and we're really really lucky to be in that position. Definitely, is it a case of? I mean, I think, as you were saying, almost all the games are on different days or a couple of crossovers. But in terms of being able to cover two matches at the same time. on the Yeah, other that's, that, that's fine. You'll be aware now that we, you know, we're we're kind of a sustainable remote production and, um, you know, so there's a whole lot of galleries at Sky. So one team will be on air um, covering the men's Ashes and then another team will be preparing to cover a women's Ashes T20 on the back or a blast game or whatever on the back of on the back of the men's play. So, you know, clearly you have to have the resources and the people to be able to do that. And 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 we and we do, um, you know, the I guess the one slight regret I've got, um, I think it's a good thing that the women's and men's ashes are on at the same time. You know, we will talk about, you know, we it, it will help give oxygen, I think, to the to the to the women's ashes. You know, I'm not sure whether it needs it. I think it would stand alone just fine. But the one regret I have is that it's almost impossible to put. You know, I don't know, Nasser Hussain, for example, or Mike Atherton, right, probably, you know, our two best mm. broadcasters. It's a shame that they just physically can't cover the women's, the women's two. Um, uh, so that that would be my only regret with the scheduling. But I think the benefits certainly outweigh out, outweigh that. And you're also um, obviously everything lies on Sky pretty much. But the sharing with the BBC, with, who have highlights every single day yeah. as well. So, yeah, People, people might think that that can be a fractious relationship. It really isn't. Um, you know, we are the host broadcaster, right? So, you know, it's all, it's all our cameras and, and, and whatever. And then they they um, they can add on to that. And they obviously do their own commentary and their presentation around it. We get on very well with the BBC. There are, there are no issues ever on site. Um, uh, they do their thing. We do ours. We work together. And in and, and many ways, we help them. You know, we take our duties as host um broadcaster very seriously and part of that is ensuring that the bbc and channel nine and radio and, and all you know anybody who's who's there um you know we we help as much as possible um and so yeah look it's a it's a small world um it's it's sport it's cricket and and the the more eyeballs and listeners uh, that there are on both series this summer the better it is for the game and ultimately for sky cricket in terms of that host broadcasting and the content you're creating, one of the big things in this year is the Quidditch innovations is Hyperview. Yeah, yeah, so they're, yeah, so they're, they're, they're an Indian company that have been working in cricket a little bit and we're using them for the, for the first time this year. Um, we're going to kind of call their product Field, field Tracker. Um, it's, you know, there's obviously been a lot of attention on the years on batting and bowling, less so on, on the field. So what you know what what they do is that they have a camera that attaches to one of the um the the lights pylons and it can accurately track um where anybody is on the field of on the field of play um so that's it in its simplest form um they do fantastic things like you know showing you where the gaps in the field are or you know distances you know or speeds um of you know fielders running and then they also have a a product um it's kind of a 3D replay 
um, where you can see the field from the eyes of the uh, of the batter through the helmet. So things like that. And, you know, it's it's just another enhancement. I think we've got something like 16 technical uh, suppliers, um, which takes a lot of planning and, and a lot of work. Um, and the team that have done that have, have done an, have done an amazing job. I think um, it's my job or the job of the producers to ensure that we get the balance right. Right. You know, with you know, we've got so many stats from Crickviz and um, beautiful graphics. Uh, there's Hawkeye analysis, um, you know, but we just want to get the balance right. Um, you know, let it breathe now and again um, and not not bombard viewers with gizmos and stats. It's to, you know, the whole point of these things is to make the coverage more enjoyable. Um, and especially on test cricket where, you know, hopefully people sit down and relax and, and enjoy it, that, you know, these things enhance enhance the coverage rather than, rather than get in the way. It was something like the Ashes where you would hope there'll be some new viewers as well because it's such a big event. How do you balance between kind of that analysis for people who know everything about cricket as well as making sure people understand what's happening? Look, that that is a really good question, and you know clearly it's something that we've we've thought long and hard about, especially on something like the hundred, right? Where where that is essentially the vehicle for cricket in this country to try and attract to try and attract a newer um, or a bigger audience. Um, I think you make a very good point. Um, what we what what we should be doing on all cricket is not excluding anybody, right? So you know phrases, you know dressing room phrases that you know the commentators use, like I don't know back of a length and bowling it into the pitch and things like that. You know he bowls a heavy ball, right? We want to try and try and get away from that sort of you know technology it's terminology, sorry. And if commentators naturally slip into a bit of that, then I think the producer can sort of gently nod to, you know, to sort of try and explain that a little bit better. I think um, all our coverage, uh, you know, you want it to be kind of really quite classy and you want to simplify things for as many people as possible, but without dumbing it down. I think that's something that we generally do quite well. But it's a good point you make, and I'll be reminding our commentary team of just that. <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, in the in in the in the coming days, give you a bit more work. Um, and no also, there's um new graphics coming in as well for this series. Yeah, really. yes, we've dabbled in uh, in AR. You know, AR graphics are nothing new in sports broadcasting. We dabbled a bit on the hundred next year. We've got them on our kind of test cricket um for the first time uh, this year. A lot of the time, um, AR graphics are, you'll see them being shot from high from drone cameras or spider cam. I think we're going to try and reverse things a little bit to just make things look a little bit different and kind of shoot up into the sky. Um, so, yeah, again, you know, you're, you, you, we're always just looking to tell the story. Like, you know, the, uh, you know, we you can make cricket or sports broadcasting as complicated as you want. But really, all we all we should be doing is telling the story and then making it look as pretty or as cool as possible and as and as long as we stick to that we'll never we'll never go far wrong and just try and get the balance between insight and having a bit of fun right so whatever we do whether it's you know hawkeye analysis or graphics or whatever you know we should be telling a story and doing so that make it look quite cool not and not do it for the for the, for the sake of it on a slightly different tack this year for the production you're carbon neutral albert certified um across both yeah. men's and women's so. yeah and and remote you know remote production has has obviously really helped with the with the bafta albert certification um you know we take these responsibilities and in, in, you know incredibly incredibly seriously you know i'm a i'm a father of young children and and you know and you just become more and more aware of of, of the need to 
you know, protecting the environment and we need to play our part in that. And so it does help that we have a remote production. We will have some Sky Zero activations across the summer, especially especially on the 100, um, encouraging people to kind of walk to the game where possible, um, as opposed to, you know, taking taking the car or or ideally use, use public transport. So, yeah, I mean, like yeah, remote production was brought in for a lot of things, uh, part of it economic, but there's a huge significant factor in that was was a, was around sustainability. Obviously, cricket in general is a massive kind of carbon emitter, you would think, with everyone traveling around the world to go to different yeah. matches and stuff. Is this something you'll be trying to do in general going forward for pretty much all cricket that Sky's covering? Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I, I, look, I think generally we look to travel less and that obviously all it, it all helps. You can't really have an Ashes series without kind of players traveling over from Australia, men and women. And, you know, and clearly they're going to they're going to fly as opposed to take the boat and as as in olden days. So, yeah, look, it, it's just something that we take incredibly seriously. The Sky Zero initiative is very important to everybody and we will be looking to amplify and uh, th- th- that messaging and and the sustainability cause throughout the summer. Away from sustainability, also promoting women in broadcast tech as well with a female OB for the yeah. women's games. So. Yeah, so this idea came from Liz Thorne, who is our production manager and one of, you know, many, many amazing senior women at, at Sky. And it was her idea to basically have a have a match where we would um, get as many women working on it as possible. I don't have the exact stats, but I think it'll be around 70, 80 percent of the people delivering the broadcast will be women. And it, look, it's not tokenistic at all. It's not a gimmick. It's just really, I think, to highlight the amazing women that work in this industry and that work on Sky Sports cricket throughout the summer and showcase to w- women out there or, you know, young girls that, that a career in sports broadcasting, cricket broadcasting is absolutely available available to you. You know, I've got a five year old daughter and, like, you know, it, it does change you. There's no there's no doubt about that. I'd like to think I was pretty open minded anyway. It's a good thing. You know, we have to get the messaging right around it. We're not doing it as a token. We're doing it to celebrate the amazing women that we that we work with. And there, there are loads. And, yeah, I mentioned Liz Thorne and Bridget Bremner, who are the kind of the two production executives in charge of a, a team of people. But I'm, I'm going to kind of highlight those two. You know, they've done. A quite incredible job plan- planning this summer. I mean, it, like you know, we're literally on air all day, every day, you know, with 16 different suppliers for almost every match. Hundreds and hundreds of people working on it. They do a quite incredible, quite incredible job. Yeah, and you'll be highlighting that kind of in the broadcast to the people who made yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. Look, I mean, like, you know, we got we got a job to do. So you know, we we will be telling the story like we are telling the story. The the broadcast will not be. You know, we will highlight it a little bit, but it's not the story of the day is not going to be that that it's been delivered by women. The story of the day, I hope, will be amazing coverage of an amazing match. We will make some content around the day to then subsequently highlight that this, hmm. you know, hopefully amazing coverage of this amazing match was was prime was largely brought to you by women. And you know, I think that's a good thing. And well, you're mentioning obviously there's a lot to cover in the sport itself. And how do you make sure there's a lot of coverage? just of sport in general at the moment. So how do you make sure the cricket stands out against this competition with Um, Well, well, you're right. Look, you're right. You know, people, you know, people have a lot of things that they can do with their time now. You know, look, when I I was a kid growing up there, you know, there were three or four TV channels and, you know, and not not a lot else. Um, Now there there is so much competition out there. Look, we, you know, People are watching the event because it's a good event, right? You know, the players are the story, the men and the women 
right? And I hope that we're going to get two fantastic series. Um, how do we make our coverage? Look, we just try really hard. Look, I, you know, it sounds a bit cheesy. We we um we just try and do the best job that we that we can. If I'm honest, I think the differentiators are the on-screen talent, right? Mm-hmm. I, I, I whisper it to them. I wouldn't say that to them, but I think they are. <laughs> um, I, they, you know, clearly you need a talented, dedicated, hardworking production team. And then clearly you need to work with an organization that has a raft of people that, you know, organize contracts and organize food and travel and, you know, and finance and all sorts of things. Right? So it's a massive operation at Sky. We're blessed to have such great support. I think if Sky Cricket is regarded as being up there, and I like to think that it is, if I'm honest, I think that's down to the likes of, you know, Nasser Hussain, Mike Atherton, Ricky Ponting, you know, Owen Morgan, Kevin Peterson, Mel Jones, you know, Lauren Winfield-Hill, you know, et cetera, et cetera. You know, we've had to regenerate the on-screen talent lineup a little bit. We've lost uh, in the last few years David Lloyd, Michael Holding, uh, Rob Key, obviously to 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 greater and better things <laughs> with England, friend of Sky Sports, and really, really tragically, we lost a you know a very close friend in 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 Shane Warne, and so that's obviously forced us to change the team. We have a fantastic core of Ian Ward, Mike Atherton, Nasser Hussain, Mel Jones. Um, we welcome Ricky Ponting over. Um, we bring uh, Mark Taylor is over working for Channel Nine, who will also do do some work for us. And then, you know, in the men's ashes, we've got um, Owen Morgan, uh, Kevin Peterson, Dinesh Kartik, Mark Butcher, and Kumar Sangakara, I think, who will do a bit a bit each. So, yeah, look, we could have gone with some sort of slightly older, more established broadcasters. I wanted to start building you know, a younger, fresher team. I've got high hopes for Owen Morgan, especially in Dinesh Kartik, just based on gut instinct in many ways. <laughs> but ultimately, they're good people. You know, obviously, Owen Morgan's a great at the game. He's not He's not a test match legend, but he is a legend of leadership. He is a legend of playing uh, in an attacking way. You know, he's very kind of got very strong opinions, great relationship with Brendan McCullum and some of the players. So, you know, and I, I gave him a bit of feedback last year on intonation and he got it. And like the next broadcast, he was brilliant at it. I mean, like, so like, you just have a gut feel that he's going to become quite special. He's a good guy. Great to work with. Dinesh Kartik, maybe just bring a little bit of humour. So we'll see. We'll see. But um, yeah. they've all got a great opportunity. And, and I think they all realise that they're that they're very fortunate to be in the position that they are, as you know, as 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 are we as a kind of production team working with them. Then moving forward, I guess, to the post-Ashes. It's all very early yep. in the summer this year, so there's a whole other yep. month afterwards. Um, we have the 100 coming up, which has been lots of stories around it. But yeah, how look, do you approach the, the third the first, season now? Look, you can you can argue things a whole lot of different ways, right? You know, people are some people are unhappy that the Ashes has been played, sli- you know, slightly earlier. I would argue that, you know, the Ashes has been played post-Champions League final and pre-start of Premier League season. And therefore, you've got the kind of the perfect window um, where the most popular sport in the country by far is not being played. And therefore, you have greater attention and eyeballs on on two Ashes series. Other people see it differently. I I, I respect that view. The 100 this year is in an exclusive window for the first time. Uh, The first 
year it was sort of mid-July to mid-August and it clashed with a couple of test matches. Uh, last year it clashed as well. The, the, the problem with last year in many ways was that it started later because of the Commonwealth Games. The Premier League season started earlier because of the Football World Cup. And so, you know, the 100 started as Premier League football started. There weren't the women's games to give it a bit of momentum in the first week or so. And so it just struggled a little bit to get going, uh, although it did recover. Um, viewing figures were down slightly, certainly men's competition. The women's was pretty stable. And so I'm hoping, obviously, that there will be a bounce back this year, um, especially on the back of kind of, you know, hopefully it'll be a great Ashley summer. So we'll see. It's not everybody's cup of tea. I personally adore it. We've worked really hard to over the last six years or so to prepare for it. And we're kind of two seasons in. We're all set to go again this year. It starts a day after the men's ashes finishes. So, again, we've got to be planned and prepped and ready. You know, the data doesn't lie. You know, I think 36 percent of ticket buyers are female, 25 or 26 percent of tickets sold are kids. I go and watch a London Spirit game at Lords, and I've been to a lot of cricket games in my life. And I look around and I'm like, oh, my goodness, there are so many kids here. They are fresh, relevant brands to 2023. Um, you know, there's kit everywhere. You know, look, you know, the, the, the event looks good. And half the people watching on television, either on the BBC or on Sky, are watching cricket for the first time. So there, there, there is no question that the 100 is taking cricket to new audiences, to younger audiences, to more women, to more people of a minority ethnic background. It obviously has caused knock-on implications with the schedule and it's not everybody's cup of tea. And I get that and I respect their view. My view is that it is the best vehicle to grow the game in this in this country for the reasons that that, that I've stated. And so I think it is incredibly important and, that you know, you just have to stay relevant, whatever you're doing, whether it's selling cricket tickets or selling shampoo. And we're all in the business of trying to attract younger audiences. And that's hard. Right. There is a lot to, for people to do out there. There is a lot of things for people to spend their money on and they are more choosy than ever, ever before. And so you have to stay relevant. You have to give people what you want. They wanted shorter. They wanted simpler. They wanted events finishing earlier. The research showed that getting, you know, big blocker to getting into cricket was around complexity. We've made it simpler. And other than a slight drop off in TV viewing, everything is, is, is going in the right direction. Some people hate it. I get that. And I respect that view. Right. But I love it. That's fair enough. I think we can end on that. Uh, well, um, thanks so much. You know, we're we're very fortunate to be the conduit between you know broad you know players on the field, and look, we wish the men and the men and women really well. I hope both series you know are really close and go down to the wire with you know dramatic late England wins. That would be great. We're really yeah. lucky, really really lucky to be to be able to tell the story, and um, we're in good shape. And look, we'll try as possible as hard as we possibly can to tell the story as uh, as well as we can. Thanks for listening to the Broadcast Sport Podcast. You can find more of our content at broadcastnow.co.uk slash broadcast sport. Meanwhile, make sure to subscribe and we'll see you for the next one.